Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I love robberies. It's great for the game. I currently, my biggest robbery is the other side, the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> you have a unique experience of playing for both of them and doing pretty well with both. How does that come when that game comes up twice a year? How do you, how do you kind of feel? I'm neutral. You're neutral? I'm neutral. And, you know, I got to play for, I say four iconic franchises. Uh, in my lifetime, and you know, and Baltimore was the one that gave me my Super Bowl ring, so go. they got a special place in my heart. Yeah, okay, I thought so. And it's intercepted by Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey is without a doubt in the conversation to be the best corner in football. <laughs> All right, guys, we're back at Studio 44 with Hall of Famer Rod Woodson. Really excited to have him here. Always great to have a gold jacket sitting in front of me. Rod, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? I got to start off with this. I love robberies. It's great for the game. I currently, my biggest robbery is the other side, the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> you have a unique experience of playing for both of them and doing pretty well with both. How does that come when that game comes up twice a year? How do you, how do you kind of feel? I'm neutral. You're neutral? I'm neutral. Yeah, you know, I came into the league, got drafted by the Steelers. I was first round, 10th player taken. Uh, spent 10 wonderful years there, great organization. They have a, their motto is the standard is a standard, right? Um, so I got to be around Chuck Knoll, who's, you know, two-time winning Super Bowl champ back-to-back, -back. only coach ever do that. Mean Joe Green was there. Got to play Donnie Shell. he was in his last year. John Stallworth, that's how old I am. John Stallworth was still playing. That was his last year. Okay. So I got to be around all those iconic guys. And then Mel Blunt, who I think is the best corner to ever play in the National Football League. When they change rules for you, you're doing something right. So yeah. Mel was there and I got to meet Mel and be a part of that whole organization for 10 years. Um, you know, it was, it was one of those things that, and then when I got to come here, this was a young team when I got here, third year. You know, they just got back and uh, a football just got back into town. And, you know, Ray was in his third year. J.O. was his third year. You know, those guys were really good athletes, but we had to try to figure out how to win. So all the stuff that we kind of did in Pittsburgh, we kind of started doing here a little bit. But then Ray took it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And then now the, the saying here is, you know, play like a Raven. Yeah. That's why I think the teams always play extremely well against each other. They, you know, they, they don't. They don't like the colors, you know? <laughs> it's like a turf war, right? Yeah, they yeah. don't like the colors. Uh, but I think they respect each other. 
Yep. And so I like to watch the I like to watch the game because it's always a close game. I think all the games except one or two uh, in a time frame in the last ten years have been scored. I think we've been won by more than ten points. So it's always a close game. So I just like watching that. I, I get I take my emotions out of it. <laughs> I like watching ball. Uh, I mean, I'm a football junkie. I've been playing football since I've been nine years old, and you know I got to play for I say four iconic franchises. Uh, in my lifetime and you know and Baltimore was the one that gave me my Super Bowl ring so there we go they got a special place in my heart yeah okay I thought so so you spoke on Ray I think it's interesting you know what was it like seeing Ray and Jonathan those guys that were young kind of grow into these I mean you were well on your way to your own Hall of Fame career but seeing those guys young and then seeing them put on their own own gold jacket how was that like seeing them kind of grow in those years yeah I mean when I got here you know I was year 12 for me so they called me Mr. Woodson when they told me, hey, man, I used to play with you. I played with you at Tecmo Bowl. I'm like, oh, come <laughs> on, man, come on. I said, Mr. Woodson was my dad. Don't call me Mr. Woodson. I'm Rod. But, you know, being with Ray, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time with J.O. I spend more time with him now than I do when I was, you know, playing because offense defense is always split up, you know, that. Um, but being with Ray, he was just a, one of those runners, the guy that led the team in tackles every year, led the league in tackles. Um, and my challenge to him was to let's learn the game at a higher level. Let's, I mean, he studied film already, uh, but let's study it even better. And let's, all, and let's push all our teammates to do the right thing every single day, every single play, every single moment of the day. And if you do that and you speak up when, when practices are going slow, when they're going fast, when you give love to players, they're going to they're gonna follow you because you're the contemporary. And the first year, he did it a little bit. The second year, he did it even more. The third year, kind of clicked for him. And that's where I started seeing how great Ray Lewis is going to be as a leader. He was a baller already on the football field. But as a leader of men on the field and off the field, that's when he really developed as, a, as a, one of those guys that people followed. And when he, when he spoke, the guys, not just in Baltimore, but around the league, they listened to him. And uh, to me, that was, it was kind of like that big brother feeling. Like I, I was really proud of him to see him kind of grow up and get through his adolescence yeah. in his late 30s. I know it took me a long time to get through my adolescence. Um, but to see the type of player he became at the end, where I can say arguably he's the best middle linebacker I've ever seen play, uh, is, is pretty special. And you know, speaking of great players, you know, you have defense player of the year, all pro, you know, pro bowl, super bowl. Take away the, you know, the accolades and the Super Bowl. What year do you think was just a year when you were like, man, I played my best ball this year? Well, the, the, how I got to the best ball first is in my third year, Tony Dungy just left us. He was my defensive back coach and my defense coordinator. He just left. We got a guy named Rod Rust that came in as our defense coordinator. He challenged me to learn the game more mental to physical. And uh, I was like, okay, well, then teach me. I don't got no wife. I ain't doing nothing after practice. And, and this is off season. So we, him and I, all by ourselves, met in the office five straight weeks. His first question was asked me was, how many formations can the offense get into? I was like, shh, 500. I mean, I don't know. You know, and he was like, no, how many, how many eligible receivers? I said, five. He was like, they can get in five formations. And he said, what they do is that they, give you different personnel groupings, move those pieces around, 
finish up with a formation and they only run so many plays out of those formations. And then he starts showing film and I'm like, oh, okay. And then about four weeks into it, the little green light click on, I'm like, you got to be, that's all they do? He's like, yep, that's all they do. Wow. You just got to believe it when you see it. I said, oh, I ain't going to, don't worry about that. I'm going to believe it. And so if it wasn't for him to get to my best year, and I think my best year was the year I won the MVP. Because I had, I had seven picks in the first six weeks. Sheesh. And then I had one pick after that. <laughs> they didn't throw my strong. way no more. They didn't throw my way no more. But I mean, it's it's one of those things that it was one of those years that uh, Dick LeBeau, playing in that system, I got to blitz. I got to show different coverages. Got to, he let me be me inside of his system. And you know, a lot of coaches don't let you do that because uh, they want you to play their way. But I think the great coaches allow their players to be who they are inside their systems because when you when you're comfortable, that's when you play your best. So yeah. I would say it was that the, that MVP year, the defensive MVP year, 93. And so I think it's really interesting to play such a long career at DB. I know later you ended up making the transition to safety. How was that transition like? What kind of led to that? Well, I was a safety my whole life until I ran my 40 at the combine. Okay. I ran a 428. They're like, ah, no, you're going to be a corner. I'm like, yeah. what? No, I'm not. I'm not no corner. I play with my eyes. You can't play with your eyes at corner. You did not do that. That is true. So it was, that was a learning lesson for me, though. <clears throat> so when I got in the league, Tony was good for me because Tony wasn't going to yell at me, curse at me, belittle me because I didn't know what I was doing out there. I always played from the top down. I always played. I was a safety from nine years old all the way to Purdue. I played a little corner my last year. But I played a bunch of positions my last year at Purdue. I played corner, safety, receiver, running back. So I, I did a little everything, not knowing what I was going to do in the league. So it took me probably two and a half years to understand corner. Like, what do I really need to do? Because Tony used to ask me all the time, hey, man, what are you thinking about? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm thinking right now because I still don't know how to play out here. I play with my eyes. And then I realized I can play with my eyes, but then I can, I can make that quarterback see something that he really doesn't see. So that's when I started playing off on cover two at eight yards. Then I start press bailing, stopping at three yards in cover two. Then I, start, I would move around in my coverages, and I started doing my half split rules. So depending on where the ball was at on the field, I would line up inside or out. Um, all that stuff kind of came over the t over course of time, but it was that third year kind of really clicked for me. For you. I needed I needed those three years to get it, but then on that third year, that's when I got Rod Russ too, though. Yeah. That's when he cussed me out and he really challenged me, and it then it all came together. So, four two eight forty. You guys, that's back at the combine. You guys are doing combine. Combines. Then? So were we doing what the, how I, old you think I see <laughs> like what how, like how, you think we like ancient honestly I don't know what used to be going we on had leather helmets back in the day honestly <laughs> I didn't know you had the helmet era did you do come? but no um I don't know if it was comp I don't know when the national so the, the combine was in Indianapolis for the first time the year I came out in 1987 that was the first year it was in Indy okay. and I went to Purdue so it was it's right up the road, you know, it's 45, 50 minute drive right up the road. They told me, hey, you got the, uh, you got, you got the combine in a couple of weeks, but I was already running the track. 
So I was like, combine, what's a combine? I didn't know what the combine was. And I was like, oh, I just when they get the top 300 guys and they take them up there to, to work out at Indy for football. I'm like, okay, so I just drove up. Combine was two days. Did our little, did our stuff, did our physicals and all that stuff, did our own field work, did our little wonder lick. Wonder lick test, I think it took me probably 30 seconds to finish that. All I did was go A, B, C, D, D, B, C, A, A, B, C, D. Uh, I, went to, I, went to, I went to school for four years. I know more than that, what you think. <laughs> so so you, I, were, you were a track guy, too. I know you did hurdles. Yeah. I did hurdles as well. Um, you saw some records in the hurdles. I wonder, do you think there's a big correlation from track to football that helped you with your game? Oh, yeah, I think speed is, speed is everything. When you can run fast, and I don't care what position you're talking about, when you see those big linemen pulling and they coming really quick, I mean, they're a little, a little scary. So speed for me was, I mean, track was my first love. Mm, nice, same. Right, track was my first love. Football was my first, like, team love, though, because track is a team, but there's eight individual lanes for a reason. Right? You run it against your boys, yeah. right? Your guy, you guys all gather points up at the end of the day to try to win the track meet for your team. Football, there's no individual lanes in football. You have to play together. So there, there are two team sports that are completely different. And that's why I love track, though, because, yeah, I had a team atmosphere, but I got to run against my fellas. You know how, you, you know how it is when you go against your guys. Yeah. You get to, like, tease your guys, like, yeah, dude, I got you today, right? So for me, I started running track when I was 12, and I just got a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And then, luckily, I found some great coaches, um, especially my last year in college when I started running track before I got to the pros again um, and ran my really good time in the hurdles where I got a hurdling coach. So that, to me, I think are two different sports, but track has always been that love that I still follow today. Uh, a lot of my buddies ran track back in the day. Um, you know, that's one of the things I think if I didn't have, I have not ran track, I don't know if I would have been as good as a football player because I've never would have been optimizing my top end speed. Track. I really enjoy track. I love, I keep up with them now. Um, I have a lot of people that actually I know that are competing. So it's been, it's been cool seeing those people blossom. Do um, you think track helped you in your career? I think so for sure. I think for me, it gave me something completely different to work on as far as, especially with hurdles. You know, I never was doing football year-round. Right. I think that breakup was really good for me just to get that breakup, doing something different. Still working on speed. That can help with both. But it was a really good kind of breakup for me. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I loved it. Um, also, it kept me very flexible. Yeah. I mean, because you can't yeah. be a tight hurdler. You cannot be a tight hurdler. Right. So if you're a tight hurdler, you, can, you got some issues. You you're knocking issues. on all the hurdles. Yeah. Um, so for me, the flexibility of being a hurdler, really helped me in, in football. It allowed me to be in odd positions and still get out of it without getting hurt. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a big key. So when you talk about, you know, the people you saw, I know you had some matchups with Jerry Rice, a lot of different great players on all sides of the ball. Who would you say was the matchup that was probably your favorite guy to go against? Ooh, favorite. Never a, really a favorite, but that's, a, that's an interesting way to say it. Favor, yeah, um, I know there's not a favorite, but. I would say the toughest, like I played against Jerry, but I only played against Jerry twice. And Jerry is young the first time around. Yep. Um, but the person that really gave me issues that I saw twice a year, every year, was Webster Slaughter. So he was a, he was a 
you know, 5'10 receiver from Cleveland, had shakes, he played in the slot. I played nickel. You know, normally nickels are smaller corners, mm -hmm. DBs, than being six foot, than 210 pounds. So him being in that slot, he gave me some issues. And I was still learning how to play corner and nickel at the same time. So he gave me issues and he talked a lot. And I'm not a real talker. I'm a blue collar guy. Like, all right, just bro, shut up. We be good. But you know, he was, he was one of those guys that loved to run his little mouth. And he was hard to cover though. And he made it hard. He was one of them. And Andre Reed was another one because Andre, Hall of Fame receiver, you know, Andre was, he's might be a little big, big, a little bit bigger than me, about 6'1", 6'2", about 215. And normally those slot receivers, I'd put my hand on them, they would stop. So I put my hand on him, he just slapped it down, kept on going. I had to figure out another game plan with him. Yeah, yeah I, I think, I, I get in the slot too. Those, those smaller guys were easier, but it was bigger. It's tough, it gets tough. So out of all those matchups, I guess, I kind of still want to ask you about corner to safety. What were kind of the biggest differentials? You, I was, you moved to safety later in your career. I moved it when I was here in Baltimore uh, after my 12th year. I moved there. And you stayed there for the rest of your career, right? For my career. So how was that kind of later in your career? How was your body, I guess, feeling as, as you went through those later years? I mean, it was a, it was a relief, but I had to recalculate everything because playing like corner, you, know, you play corner, you know, everything's over here. Yeah. I mean, everything's always at an angle this way. And then when you come back here and oh, you're like that all 22, you're like, yeah, shoot. It's a little bit a little different. <laughs> These angles are a little bit different. A little different. And I think, uh, I don't know if it was our first preseason game or our second. We played Atlanta in the preseason. Jamal Lewis came through, hit me. Matter of fact, he gave me that little scar right here. I woke up, I got up and bleeding. I looked at Ray, I said, ooh, I don't know about the safety, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we go back to the huddle laughing. I'm like, man, okay, I got to get a little bit, I got a little bit stronger. Got to gain some weight. So I came, I, gained, I think I gained like, another four to five pounds, but it was more muscle. And then all the feelings came back, like what I could do, how I can, you know, because on a corner, they don't have to throw your way, they just don't throw your way. Well, you can, you know, you can, at safety, you can kind of act like you're going somewhere, come back, you can move around a lot, still be involved in the game, which, I mean, that's what I enjoy doing. And it kind of came back little by little, week after week, I had to figure out like what my angles were going to be, how they're, how I want to, what I want to show to the, the quarterback and the receivers. And then it kind of probably mid-season the first year, it clicked all back in. Oh, look at yeah, that transition I know is, I was on the team with Jimmy. He tried to make that transition. It's, uh, it's definitely a lot different coming downhill as opposed to having that angle. And um, so I want to talk about that 2000 championship defense. I, I played for the Ravens, obviously, but I did not know much history about it. I did know that it was a very, the defense did a lot of scoring, like a lot of scoring, sometimes the offense didn't. What was kind of you guys' mindset? I know there was a streak when the offense went four games. Five. Five, no, no touchdowns. Five. How was kind of, what was the mindset on defense to think we really can't give up anything if we're gonna win this game? You know, that was our, but that was a, that was a process though. So when I got here in 98, the process was to be the best that we could be each and every day or be a better version of ourselves tomorrow than we are today. Well, how do you do that? You got to work. I mean, there's no 
I mean, there's, there's no secret to success outside of working at it. So for us, it was going into practice, running to the ball every single, every single down, every single play, even the big boys. Everybody had to touch the ball. I mean, we, that's what we did. Everybody, every single down had to go touch the ball. And that was our conditioning. So when you played against us, we're going to play just as fast in the first quarter that we did in the fourth quarter. And, you know, each year we got a little bit better. But that, f- that third year, everything, everything kind of clicked. I think Marvin called some – Marvin Lewis who was our defense coordinator. He called some great games. He had some great game plans. But then Marvin would also start – he started listening to us. Like we were uncomfortable with some of the plays and some of the calls. He would take them out of the, out of the game plan. Um, and then, you know, all the guys from the front end to, you know, to Sam Adams, to Tony Saragusa, to Michael McCreary, to, to Peter Boware, to Rob Burnett. I mean, those guys can get after the quarterback. And they couldn't run the ball against us. I mean, nobody could run the ball against us. So in, in the secondary, we didn't have to worry about it. So we just, we stayed back. No seams, no posts, no goes. They tried to throw the ball deep. We tried to, you know, make some plays on the ball deep. We knew they weren't going to run the ball against us. And, you know, at the end of the day, I could arguably say that that was the best defense I've ever seen play football. And I'm including the 85, 86 Bears. I'm including those guys just for the fact we broke their record. So their, their scoring record – uh, in 16-game season, we broke that by, I think, like 23 points or something like that. I mean, obviously, that record is never going to be broken, adding the 17-game and the rule changes yeah. and all that stuff. Um, I, I think it all just kind of came together, and we played for each other. Um, Marvin, I think that year, Marvin, if he wasn't, should have been assistant coach of the year because he had some great game plans for us. So you guys are all just all on one accord. I mean, that's what... That's what we preach about all the time in our in our room. It's uh, it's crazy when it all clicks. Um, and we were talking about today as a as the DBs, our coach is asking us, you know, what's your when did you start playing the game and why do you still play the game? And I'm curious, what are your when did you start and what is your why? The why? I mean, I started playing because my brothers played. I was the youngest of three boys. They were playing. I'm like, I want to be at the crib by myself. <laughs> Mom, I want to play. So I started playing for the Powell Raiders when I was nine. Um, and the reason, but reason I dedicated myself when I got into the league is my father was a blue-collar worker. That's all he did. He didn't even have a high school degree. So he worked two jobs to make ends meet. All I knew was how to work. So me running on the track and and working out in the weight room that stuff was nothing seeing him come home with like grease in his hands and not making enough money to make ends meet and do we have to keep the water on or the gas on and get food that's life those are life issues so what i was doing it was kind of easy to be honest um and and i had coaches in place and people in place in my life throughout my time, especially in the pros, having Tony Dungeon when I first come in. Because if I would have had a yeller and holler when I first came in, I don't know if I would have made it. Because I would have been more, I would have pushed back a little bit. And then Tony taught me to calm down. You don't always have to 
speak your mind about everything. And then Rod Russ comes in. And then after that, I get Dick LeBeau, Dom Capers, and Bill Cowher. But Dick LeBeau was the, you know, he was the key. He was the catalyst of his defense. And, you know, not having all those guys taught me offseason, just work hard. Just train, stay on the track, keep my speed, keep my endurance, get to a point where I train while I'm tired. So we used to get up in the morning at 6 o'clock go swimming, had a swim workout. From the swim, we went to the track. From the track, we went to lifting. From the lifting, we went to the field. We did that every single day. I did that for 15 years. That is a, that's a day. And we were there from six in the morning. I probably got home about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That, to me, helped me become the player I was. Because in the game, even when I got tired, I still was going to challenge myself. I wasn't going to play off. I'm almost, you still got to show me you're going to beat me. Yeah. Okay, last question. And I love asking people this in whatever sport, whatever position. What is the hardest thing about playing corner in the NFL? I think it's the hardest position to play, especially with the rule change, so especially for you guys. Yeah, it's different. You now. know, because you guys, even though there's a five-yard chuck rule, they just don't let you touch them. That's, yes. Um, but I think playing corner, the hardest thing is, you know, if if you give up one touchdown out of nine, you had a bad day. Bad day, gosh, that's you know. That's but if true. you if a quarterback is, you know, seven of ten with two tubs, he had a great day. Yeah. You can't have you can't give up touchdowns in the pros, right? If you do that here, then you you lose it. So that that's to me the hardest thing was you know getting beat and then having to apologize to your teammates if we lose. I know. Rod, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, man. It was great. Absolutely. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.